Welcome to Global Dispatches, a podcast about foreign policy and world affairs. I'm your host, Mark Leon Goldberg, editor of UN Dispatch. And in this show, we discuss topical global issues, have conversations with foreign affairs thought leaders and newsmakers, and give you the context you need to understand the world today. Go to globaldispatchespodcast.com to learn more. And now on with the show. The president of Cameroon is named Paul Bia, and he's been president of Cameroon since 1982. Before that, from 1975, he was prime minister. So, depending on how you count, Paul Bia of Cameroon is one of, if not the longest-serving world leader. My guest today, Maurice Comto, has challenged Paul Bia's grip on power. Comto ran for the presidency in national elections in 2018, and he lost in what he plausibly claimed were rigged elections. He subsequently led a peaceful protest movement against the government that was until January last year when he was arrested and thrown in prison for 10 months. I spoke with Maurice Comto while he was visiting Washington, D.C., and as you'll learn from this conversation, Maurice Comteau very much credits the United States Congress with helping to secure his release from prison in Cameroon. Maurice Comteau is a lawyer and professor of law with the University of Yaoundé in Cameroon, and he's the leader of the Cameroon Renaissance Movement, which is known by its French acronym, the MRC. We kick off this conversation discussing the circumstances of his arrest in January 2019. And as he explains, Kemto was leading protests against the government, in particular against the government's violent response to a separatist movement among Anglophone communities in parts of Cameroon. And it was in the midst of this protest movement that he was suddenly arrested. I emphasize this detail because over the last several months and years, I've covered what is known as the Anglophone crisis in Cameroon on this podcast. I've posted links to my previous episodes discussing the Anglophone crisis on globaldispatchespodcast.com in case you want to learn in more detail about that conflict. In any case, I do think you will appreciate this conversation. It was a rare opportunity to speak with an opposition leader in a authoritarian state. And I appreciate Mr. Comteau's being so open and honest with me about his experience and his struggle for democracy in Cameroon. And if you have questions for me, or if you have suggestions for people you'd like me to interview or topics you'd like me to cover, please do use the contact button on globaldispatchespodcast.com to send me an email. And if you're new to the show, please subscribe to the feed and more importantly, share the show among your friends and colleagues. Word of mouth is how these shows grow and are sustained. And today's episode is brought to you by Northwestern University's online master's program in global health. You can learn how to make a meaningful difference in places where it is needed the most. Go to globaldispatchespodcast.com and click on the ad to learn more or go to sps.northwestern.edu slash global. In fact, I've been to Cameroon on a global health reporting trip about 10 years ago. And now here is my conversation with Maurice Camteau of the Cameroon Renaissance Movement. Looking for a trustworthy podcast to bring you unfiltered viewpoints and experiences on global health? 
Tune into Global Health Matters, the podcast that connects silos and amplifies diverse voices to give you a holistic picture. Each month, Dr. Gary Aslanian from the World Health Organization hosts discussions with guests spanning former ministers of health, award-winning journalists and authors, and frontline public health workers. Join listeners from across 180 countries for an exciting Season 4, launching in June. Global Health Matters is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. We were arrested on the 28th of January 2019. We uh, organized peaceful demonstration on the 26th of uh, January the same year. The purpose of the demonstration it was to protest, first of all, against the ongoing uh, civil war in the northwest and southwest of Cameroon with a lot of deaths. Just let me give you some figures. According to sources, 3,000 to 12,000 deaths for the past three years. Uh, between 600 to 800,000 internally dis displaced persons. 35,000 to 40,000 refugees in Nigeria. No school for the past three years. No economy whatsoever because the government itself declared that they will not be collecting taxes anymore in the regions because the economy is down. And uh, many, many villages between 200 to 400 villages burned down to hashes. That's why we say stop it, put an end to it. That, that, that was the first reason why we uh, made demonstration. The second being the post-electoral crisis. I was uh, a contendant for the presidential election of 2018, 7th of October 20, 2018. And uh, according to the figures, I was the winner in the polling stations, but unfortunately, the Constitutional Council of Cameroon will proclaim Mr. Bia the winner. The current, the, Mr. Bia is the current president in Cameroon. Mm. So we were demonstrating against the electoral holdup. The third issue was the massive embezzlement of uh, public funds, public money. Where Cameroon was supposed to organize the uh, 2019 African Cup of Nations, and the government uh, made a provision of thousands of billions of CFA francs. I don't know the equivalent in US dollars, but lots of money in our currency. Uh, but um, uh, eventually they withdrew they withdrew, they withdrew, sorry, they withdrew the organization uh, uh, of that event from Cameroon because the infrastructures were not there, but the money neither. So that's, we said, bring our money back. So these are the three reasons why we were, we organized uh, the demonstration on the 26th so, of January. So, so, the, so you were demonstrating against the conflict commonly known as the Anglophone crisis in parts of Cameroon. <laughs> Correct. Uh, although you yourself are, are a Francophone, I could tell by your I'm, accent. I'm, yes, I'm Francophone, in, indeed. Um, and you were also uh, against the electoral malfeasance that you allege robbed you of your rightful victory against President Bia, and also corruption. Who were who those who were demonstrating, and where were these demonstrations? Members of my political party. I'm the leader of the Cameroon Renaissance Movement, Mouvement pour la Renaissance du Cameroon in French. Uh, and uh, demonstrations took place all over the country. And basically, 
uh, in the largest city, Douala, uh, Yaoundé, which is the capital city of our nation, nation, and many other cities, including Chang, Bafusam, Bafan, and so on and so forth. So two days after those demonstrations, you were arrested. How were you arrested? What were the circumstances of that? And who, who else was arrested? Yeah. We were three of us having lunch uh, in the house of uh, one of our supporter and uh, ally during the presidential election. And uh, uh, some few minutes uh, after we finished our lunch, uh, somebody came in and uh, said there are police pe- policemen, uh, officers outside. But we were in our rooms already. We were three of us, uh, myself, uh, the host and uh, a third uh, uh, supporter, Mr. Christian Penda Ekokav, the former uh, advisor to President Bia, who during the elections took the decision to support me and not him. Mm. And uh, uh, and then uh, suddenly, uh, police uh, officer with uh, you know ten or three or you know, between five to ten people came in. Heavily arms and and asked my name. Where is Mr. Kamto? I came out from the room, and uh, he also asked Mr. Where is Mr. Penda? He came out of his room, and then he, he said, well, "You are under arrest." And I asked, "Where is your, where where is the arrest warrant? Do you have any?" And he said, "No." I said, "So do you you have no reason why I there is no reason why I should be following you." And they forced us. We had no choice but to to follow him. And then he brought us to the police station in the quarter of, of uh, Douala City. And then later on, they transfer us to Yaoundé, handcuff and chain. Uh, uh, and we traveled for the 300 kilometers, handcuffs uh, and chain. And uh, the terrible situation is that uh, so we, we we couldn't during the the, the trip do uh, our natural, uh, you know, go, go to ease yourself. Yeah. You know, yeah, nature, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They will not allow you because you will not, they will not uh, uh, remove the handcuffs. So, mm. so we, yes, we, we did it on ourselves. So they ah. just, and then later on, they brought us to Yaoundé and put me in a special unit, police unit, and uh, the, the, my, my other uh, supporters in different uh, uh, in different place, uh, which is also a, a military unit, uh, with lot of humiliation. But I will not be complaining to, uh, on my own fate because what is terrible is the treatment they, 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 they reserve to many of our militants. You know, massive torture, something which you cannot believe. You know, it's even very difficult to describe because it's painful. You know, people were, were got their head broken, uh, arms. Uh, and and in the in the in the, uh, one of our uh, supporter, they asked him. I'm talking of Mr. Penda, you, you know, a former council uh, councillor, advisor, close advisor to Mr. Bia. You know, it's a really very high position in my country. You know, and they asked him. You know, remove your undressed, and he removed his coat, and he, he thought it was enough. And then no, uh, I asked you to undress, and he will remove his shirt and the pants, <laughs> and the other way. On the way, the, and the other, and put your hands uh, on the wall. He puts on one uh, he, his hands on the wall and say, and afterwards he say, <clears throat> turn around, and he turned around just to humiliate him. So this, mm. these are some the, the kind of uh, uh, situation we went through. 
So were, were you ever subjected to that kind of abuse? I myself, no. Hmm. No. No, I myself no. So you were arrested in Douala, transferred to Yaoundé. At what point were you ever formally charged with a crime? And, and what crime were you formally charged with? We spent 12 days in the special uh, police unit. And then later on, they transferred us, they, they presented us to, to a judge. And the charges were... were uh, Hostility against uh, the fatherland, uh, which for for which we were, uh, you know, uh, we we risk uh, to be sentenced to life uh, to death. Uh, we, we risk to be sentenced to death. Uh, revolution, rebellion, uh, and uh, I don't remember. They, they, they were eight around eight charges, but the main ones were the three I've have just caused, uh, quoted. Hostility against the fatherland, rebellion, uh, 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 revolution, and uh, what else? Destruction of uh, public assets. Yes, destruction of public assets. We made a very peaceful demonstration. They, they didn't have any evidence whatsoever. And we have all the videos showing that people were very peaceful because our, 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 our we asked our militants, don't confront those who are in charge of uh, the maintenance of uh, public order. I mean, police a- agents and gendarmes. If you can't, they come close to you or they pour uh, uh, tear gas or, or, or water on you, just sit down and put your hands up and sing the national anthem. And it is exactly what they did, hmm. as you, everyone can see on the on the on the videos. So, so that's thus began a nine-month ordeal in which you were in prison. Yeah. How were you, or at all from your prison cell, were you able to help organize and in your movement and and stay the leader of your political party? Oh yes, but uh, the we have uh, in our party we have five vice presidents. So after my our arrest and detention, the the, the first vice president was in charge, but he he he. he he maintained a close relationship with me. We were in contact uh, uh, almost uh, uh, every week, at least. And if, even if he couldn't come uh, into the prison because we, it, it was not easy, sometimes they would not allow him to see me. We f- could find a channel to 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 uh, to stay in contact, in touch. Uh, that's why we could. I could still uh, direct or give. The, the you know the the, the main uh, uh, instructions on how to lead the the, the party, uh, but they, for the, on the daily basis he was the vice president who who was in charge. But we uh, after he was arrested because after that demonstration on the twenty sixth of January we had another demonstration on the first of June because our militants. Uh, uh, wanted to demonstrate uh, to 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 ask for the, our release uh, immediate release uh, without any condition but uh, they arrested him during that demonstration and he's still in jail and he was severely brutalized tortured you know his his head it has sorry his head was broken his uh, left arm uh, and he spent some uh, four months uh, with uh, the, the, his left arm uh, in the, oh, I don't know how you call it. If you say it in English, but uh, he, you know, in the hospital with for his left arm mm-hmm. broken by police and gendarmes. So as I t- speaking to you, he's still in jail. Mm. So uh, 
the the charges against you were clearly politically motivated and you know almost you know arbitrary in terms of used to to arrest you and and put you in jail the circumstances yeah. of your release it seems were also highly political and somewhat arbitrary can you explain or describe why do you think you were released from prison so it's seemingly suddenly yeah. in october yeah thank you for giving me the opportunity to, you know, to share some light on that particular point. But before saying that, I will say that when we were brought before the court, uh, it was a military court, and we challenged the, ju the jurisdiction of the court, saying that the uh, military court cannot try uh, uh, civilians according to our laws, because there is a clearly a, a judgment uh, of the Supreme Court of Cameroon, uh, which uh, forbid that, and also uh, according to the in, in international legal instruments, uh, uh, military court cannot try uh, uh, civilians. But uh, they didn't uh, uh, make a decision on that uh, that point uh, uh, at all. Uh, uh, despite the fact that we insisted that we will have a ruling of the court on that issue, they, they, they never make a judgment on that. Now, how were we released? We we were brought to the court. Uh, 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 on the 6th of sep September. And uh, 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 one of our colleagues uh, uh, were very bad and they postponed the, ju the, the judgment, uh, the trial. Uh, they postponed the trial. And then uh, someday, someday after, we heard that something was going to happen to us. Uh, we, we didn't know if it, it would be our release or our transfer to uh, another prison. And uh, on the 5th of uh, October, they just announced that uh, we were free. But the, the reason why we're uh, uh, free is clearly the international community pressure, including the stand of the U.S. Congress. What, what, happened, US, in, what happened in the U.S. Congress that you think helped the, secure your release? Yes, the U.S. Congress passed a resolution asking clearly, First of all, the, uh, the, the resolution of the uh, Anglophone crisis, the, the humanitarian problems. Secondly, uh, our release without any condition. Mm -hmm. Thirdly, the reform of the electoral court before any further elections in Cameroon. These are the three main issues contained in that resolution. And that was really very, very helpful. And you're, you're named and you and, and your um, you know, co-defendants or your compatriots who are yeah. arrested were, were named by name in that congressional yes, resolution. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And, and in that respect, it was something really amazing because despite the fact that the, the Cameroonian government will give the impression or the sense that they don't care, they, 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 they did care. Absolutely. Uh, uh, because after that, the, the the European Union Parliament passed a resolution in the same uh, in the same vein, asking for the three uh, issues I have just quoted uh, previously: resolve, resolve the Anglophone crisis, release without any condition the detainees, Mr. Camto and his co-detainees and members of his politi political party, Cameroon Renaissance Movement, uh, arbitrarily detained, and thirdly reform the electoral code before any further elections in Cameroon. And the uh, uh, Canadian parliament went in the, same, uh, uh, in the same line and the African Union uh, Commission 
uh, of uh, for human rights and people uh, pass also a declaration in the same way. So that's so really, I mean, that, that's really, really interesting to me, just as like an observer of international yeah. relations, to see the impact that that U.S. Yeah. congressional resolution had, and Absolutely. how it had been mirrored in the European Union and in Canada, and taken together, that international pressure you think led directly to your release from prison nine months after you were arrested for, you know, as you say, no good reason. Absolutely. We, we are convinced that uh, uh, if our fate only depends on uh, the Mr. Bia, who is the uh, current president in Cameroon, then I've not been, been able to be here at speaking to you, because definitely the intention was to maintain us uh, in, in jail, if not sentenced to death, but at least the, 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 to serve the longest pain they, they, they could, uh, the, 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 the tribunal could, uh, to, could uh, sentence us. So we clearly think that, we are convinced that it is, it is thanks to the U.S. Congress stand and the uh, emulation by other countries and institutions that we are free today. So you, you mounted the most significant challenge to Paul Bia's, you know, almost four decade rule in 2018. Um, yeah. You are now out of prison. Um, we're speaking just a few days after local and uh, municipal and parliamentary elections yeah. in Cameroon that your party boycotted. Yeah. Can you sort of explain to me why did you decide to boycott those elections if you did so yeah. well in 2018? Yeah. Uh, we went to the elections in 2018 after 20, the, 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 to, to begin with, I will, re, re, I will explain to, to your viewers or, uh, or listeners that we first uh, went to elections, contested elections in 2013. We were then uh, seven years old because our political party was formed in 2012. And we could experience the electoral code and see that there were a lot of shortcomings in the code. And that's why we won in many constituencies, but we were declared uh, uh, the loser. So we said something must be done. We wrote to the president of the republic and all the administration involved in the electoral process, including the electoral body, which is uh, which, uh, which is named elect Elections Cameroon in Cameroon. So, mm -hmm. But they never answered. They never, they never even acknowledged our, <coughs> our, let our letters. Then uh, we, we, we realized that uh, most often the uh, opposition opposition parties are weak in Cameroon because they are not uh, uh, represented uh, all over the country. So we worked hard between uh, 2013 to, uh, and 2018 to make sure that we are implanted all over the country. And that is exactly what happened. That, uh, it, it is the reason why we said, despite the fact that they didn't, did not uh, reform the electoral code. We are now well established in the country to go to elections with a chance to be the winner. And that is exactly what happened because we were, we are the winner. We were the winner in the polling stations. But unfortunately, the Constitutional Council will proclaim Mr. Uh, proclaim Mr. Bia the winner. Mm -hmm. So uh, now we were, uh, 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 and we, we could, 
demonstrate in the face of Cameroonians and the, in the face of the entire world, because they covered the, 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 the litigation before the Constitutional Council live. So everybody could see our demonstration and we, uh, we could uh, show to people that out of 58 register, electoral registers, only uh, no, uh, 32 uh, 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 electoral registers were false and uh, uh, with no signature, just mm -hmm. generated by computers. So we were clearly the winner. Mm -hmm. So in 20, in, in 2020, the, the, uh, the elections of the 9th February 2020, uh, we uh, convened a meeting of our political party at the highest level. And the question was, should we go to uh, these elections or not? And the answer, the clear answer was no, for obvious reasons. Obvious reasons. The first one being that with an ongoing war in the English speaking part uh, of Cameroon, it is obvious that the, the, the people of that area will not be participating to elections because they will not have chance in the, in the context of civil war with a heavy presence of military, they will not take part to the elections. That's it. And in doing so, we were sending, or the government were sending a clear message to these populations that they are not Cameroonians anymore. Mm -hmm. We could not support uh, the government in splitting the country because I've been fighting against any separatism or cessation mm -hmm. whatsoever in Cameroon. I'm in favor of federalism to settle the, 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 the matter mm -hmm. or to resolve the issue. The second reason why we couldn't go to elections was there is no reform of the electoral code after we have demonstrated before the Constitutional Council, and after all the international community has been asking for reform of the electoral code before any further elections, I must uh, underline the fact that even Ele Elections Cameroon, which is the electoral body set up by the very same government, yeah. in two separate reports, asked for the re uh, reform of the electoral code, and that never happened. For these Two reasons we could yeah. not go. To so, election. so basically, you know, the fact that the needed reforms to ensure free elections had not been taken place, plus Absolute. the ongoing war, you know, led your party to boycott or Absolute. not participate in recent municipal elections. Yeah. Um, you know, you. I'm speaking to you now in Washington D.C. Presumably, yeah. you'll go back soon to Cameroon. Yeah. What yeah. What are your plans when you arrive back in in Cameroon? Before uh, uh, asking that question, I would like to draw the attention of the fact that we appeal for boycotts, and we are happy that Cameroon uh, voters massively followed uh, our appeal, because according to uh, the data we have just received the past two days, the maximum uh, participation were, was 28%. So meaning that the turnout uh, for that elections were really very very low, and this is the the, the, the this twenty eight percent is given by the African Union observers, uh, and they made a press conference in which they give this uh, the, the, during which they they said the the, the the people did not take part to this this election whatsoever. So we are happy that pe uh, people are following us massively in Cameroon. Now, our plans when we go back in Cameroon, first of all, is to continue to do our work as political party, although they will not allow us to uh, hold any public meeting. 
before our, our arrestation and detention and after our release, we cannot hold public meetings in Cameroon as a political party. I mean, this is something which is just unacceptable in a country where they claim to have multipartism uh, and, uh, uh, and uh, where they claim to practicing democracy. Well, I mean, like, but, right, there, there's a reason that Paul Bia is one of the longest serving leaders in Africa, if not the world. Yeah, ab you know? absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. He's 88 or 87 or 88. Uh, and uh, he's been serving as president for the past 38 years. And uh, having been private... He's gotten pretty good at cracking down on the opposition, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> having been a prime minister for nine years, it means that he, he is at the for forefront of a political uh, uh, game in Cameroon for the past virtually uh, almost 50 years. Well, so, I mean, in, in the face of, I mean, just the fact that he's been there so long, he's able to yeah. manipulate the institutions of government to prevent opposition parties like yours from really gaining everyone. a foothold and corrupt everyone in the process, use patronage yeah. and, and you know, the institutions of government to subvert democracy. How are you able to advance democracy under those conditions? We... Let me be frank with you. Uh, it be straightforward with first count of Cameroonians because we are going to mobilize them now that it, it is obvious to everybody that uh, legitimacy is not on the side of Mr. Bia. We were we knew that, but now we have the evidence uh, through uh, the, the the fact that the turnout to, to to the last election was really very low on the twenty uh, on the thirty percent, and according to some, to some sources, it is even fifteen percent. Secondly, the massive turnout to our meetings in the diaspora. I don't know if you. You were, you, you were able to see what happened in Paris, in, in Montreal, in Toronto, here in Washington, D.C. It is just amazing. We had our meeting rather in Maryland and not in D.C. So it, now everything is clear that we, the legitimacy in Cameroon is on our side, and that truly we were elected on the twenty-eight on the twenty uh, during the twenty eighteen elections. We are going to continue mobilizing Cameroon. Cameroonians, sensitizing, sensitizing them uh, uh, that we cannot let that government uh, continue to kill our fellow compatriots in the Northwest and Southwest, and, and that we have uh, the solution to that crisis. I will come back shortly and briefly on uh, those solutions. The second aspect is that we do count on the international community to reinforce the pressure and to put more pressure on that, that that dictatorship to make sure that they stop what is going on and organize an in real inclusive dialogue in Cameroon to reform the uh, to look at the form of the state to reform uh, the the, the Cameroonian state and we do think that with such a reform you will need the reform of the constitution if not a new constitution you will need new rules of the game for elections, and then we'll start the whole electoral process again and give Cameroonians a chance to elect their legitimate leaders accountable to them. Uh, well, Mr. Kamto, thank you so much for your time. This was, uh, thank you very, it was, much. It was very interesting to hear directly from an opposition leader in a country like Cameroon and to learn your experience and from having you tell your story, learn more about the political challenges in, in Cameroon today. So thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. 
All right. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to Maurice Kumto. That was absolutely fascinating and very interesting. And I am very glad to shine a spotlight on the political situation in Cameroon, a topic that does not get the coverage I think it rightfully deserves. So thank you in advance for sharing this episode. And also thank you for your thoughts or questions you might have for me. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye.